0: Hey, Soul Seekers! Welcome back to Unleash Your Soul Song. I'm your host, Becky Fleischer. I'm jumping right in this episode because it's a bit longer than usual on a topic that warrants the time. We're talking about uncertainty today, and it's a tender conversation that I'm having with two of your favorite guests, Vryn Rao and Jen Oglesby. This isn't your usual high-energy show. It really has a softer, gentler tone, because this topic deserves a lot of TLC, just as we all do as we find our way in this era of uncertainty. I am delighted to welcome Jen back to the show after our most recent conversation together on Martha Beck's book, The Way of Integrity. You may remember from that episode that Jen is a Martha Beck certified life coach and a licensed clinical social worker. She helps exhausted, overwhelmed people make space for themselves, connect with their desires, confidently claim what they want, and live with more ease and joy. And speaking of joy, what a joy it was to have Vrin Rao back on after our episode on the Enneagram. She's an Enneagram coach and a meditation teacher. She works with women and those who identify with the female energy to build strong and healthy relationships with themselves and with others. In today's show, all three of us are sharing where we are right now with uncertainty, and we're all in a very different spot. So wherever you are with uncertainty right now, there is something for you in this show. Given our current perspectives, we're sharing how we view this challenging space and time and some practices that we pull on to help ourselves and our clients through. And as a special treat, Vryn is leading us through a meditation that you're going to love So be sure to listen all the way to the end so you can catch that meditation and find a quiet spot where you can sit in stillness to soak in this beautiful offering. This episode is one that's worth the extended time, so let's jump right in. Bryn Rao and Jen Oglesby, welcome back to Unleash Your Soul Song. I am so, so, so excited to be with both of you here today. Thanks so much for having us back. Yes, thank you, Becky. Great to see you again. You too. It's one of the things I love the most about this podcast is really meeting all of these incredible human beings who come on the show who are really they understand this embracing of the edge of becoming that we go through in life. And they really love to explore and dig into all the messy and gritty and dark spots along this kind of further journey. There are so many guests that I just wish we all lived closer and we could be best friends and hang out and have coffee and talk together all the time. But you know, there's distance and there's time and there's COVID that keeps us all from doing those things together. So this is kind of the second best thing is pulling together some of my podcast guests here to do this kind of bigger conversation, the three of us and how this started, just to kind of let our listeners know how this started last fall. The three of us connected with the intention of creating some kind of offering for our audiences, for our various audiences. We were thinking maybe we'd do like a half day virtual retreat or some kind of online workshop. And when we got together earlier this new year to start making plans, the energy felt a little off. Like we kind of felt a little unsettled about what we would offer and what people would be looking for. And we found ourselves kind of just talking about this era of uncertainty that we're all living in, that we're all feeling And just how physically taxing the emotional labor of inhabiting this space really is. And we love that conversation so, so much that we thought, you know what? The first step here is really just have a podcast, uh, you know, have a podcast conversation about this and kind of put it out to listeners. Because we felt like if the three of us were in this space and feeling this then so many more people must be as well. So here we are, we are talking about uncertainty today, and one of the things that we found so helpful in our conversation, the three of us, is about how each of us, just like all the listeners out there, we all are experiencing and having our own unique relationship with uncertainty right now. So let's start right there and unpack that a little bit about where we are and the lens through which we're looking at uncertainty. And I want to kick off with you, Vryn, and see if you could just invite us into your world right now and what's happening and how you're viewing uncertainty in life right now?
1: I see it in two different ways, actually. And so, of course, there's that collective uncertainty that you mentioned, Becky. And then there is the personal uncertainty that we're all going through on a day-to-day basis. And I was mentioning to you both before that I'm going through my own personal uncertainty just because even coming to where I am right now to talk to both of you took a whole bunch of finagling where I'm staying right now at a friend's place and they have a house. We typically live in our, our two bedroom apartment. And of course there is that assumption that, oh yeah, there's a house, there's much more space. And so I thought, wow, this is great. I'll be able to record the podcast. I have my two and a half year old daughter, there'll be space I, there won't be any interruptions, everything will be fine. And then just 15 minutes before we're about to set up for this, I found out that um, one of the people who live here, they were having a private session for something from this exact time in the place where I was going to speak to both of you and I thought wow this is just really the metaphor for everything that's happening right now and perhaps many of you who are listening might resonate with this so I'm currently in the uncertainty that my very sweet but unpredictable daughter might come in and there might be some loud noises coming out because she wants something or something isn't happening. The orange is too orange, you know, we're in that phase right now. And so, so it's, it's so um, interesting, my own reaction to what was happening and we'll, we'll speak about this more later, but really that thought of, wow, I, I don't like this. I, I I had a plan and this idea of, I actually don't know what is going to take place now. It's such an uncomfortable place to be. And I think that for so many of us, we're not experienced in sitting at that place. And this prolonged sitting in this place is actually causing so many of us to really feel so many things that's the best way i can put it there's just so many feelings and it can be really hard to process and wade through all of those feelings and that's really that's really been my personal experience with and my present kind of experience with uncertainty
0: yeah i love that you brought it down to the really present practical moment of uncertainty because there's such a spectrum with uncertainty you know some people are still very much living in the uncertainty that was brought on by the pandemic. And some people are experiencing different kinds of uncertainty, but there's also just that day-to-day, practical, everyday living in uncertainty about what's gonna happen in this given moment or this experience that I thought I was all prepared for in one way, and then it turns a totally different way. So that's a fantastic lens and one one that I think is very relatable that we can find ourselves in all the time. And I know, Jen, for you, you are sitting in a very different and difficult and hard time of uncertainty. So do you want to share with us a little bit about your experience right now?
2: Sure. Thanks, Becky. So I, um, I've been in this strange relationship with uncertainty for the last few years because we've had the pandemic. So there's been that level of uncertainty. I also did some things during the middle of the pandemic, like started life coach training, quit my job with no other plan, started my business, like all these layers and layers of uncertainty. And so I've learned to get a little more comfortable with it, but I'm in a place right now where I'm in a whole nother territory of uncertainty because my sister, who was my best friend, love of my life, my person, passed away in December from brain cancer. And so there was so much uncertainty. I mean, I've been sitting with uncertainty for a long time in a very intense way. Everything that led up to you know, her diagnosis, which... This was kind of years in the making, you know, years of of back and forth and not knowing where things were going to land. Her cancer was very rare. And so there was no clear picture of where things were going to go. And so we sat with that for a really long time. And she was doing well for several years. And we had every reason to believe that things were looking good. And then the tumors came back and things changed. And then they declined much more rapidly than anyone anticipated, including her doctors. And so for me, there was all the, how do I sit with the uncertainty of not knowing what's going to happen to my sister, you know, before she passed. Now there's the uncertainty of, you know, I thought that that was going to be the longest relationship of my life. We've been together since the beginning and I thought we were going to be together till the end. And now I look ahead and I see potentially 50 years without her. And how do I sit with that? How do I sit in this world without my center of gravity? And how do I sit with something that can't be fixed? I think that my take on a lot of things has always been, it'll get better. You know, like this is a rough patch, but it'll get better and there's such a finality to the situation that I'm in now. And I know that it will change and shift over time, but, you know, she's always going to be gone. There's always going to be that hole in my life. And so the uncertainty for me now is like, how do I sit and be with that and like build a life around that? And yeah, that's a, that's a big, that's a big uncertainty for me and, and everything that I think about with uncertainty right now. And so much of my life is just through that lens of, of grief and, and frankly, like mortality. And, you know, what does it mean that life is so fragile and that um, nothing is guaranteed? So I'm feeling that uncertainty in a big way right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a hard, hard space to be in, Jen. And, you know, our hearts go out to you and your family and what a rough time that is. And, like you said, you've been dealing with uncertainty for so many years, but this is a very different layer of uncertainty. It brings a whole different and completely just much more challenging perspective to have to sit with. Like you said, it can't be fixed. This is something that you've got to find a new way through and you're not going to be the same. There is no kind of, oh, it'll get better. It'll go back to normal. It's not going to get back to the quote normal, there's no new normal, or there's no normal rather after that, there's just new and there's this new experience and how do you start to navigate through that? I think a lot of people feel that way kind of working through the pandemic and kind of coming through the pandemic where there's no going back to whatever it was before. This has completely rocked their lives and they have been sitting in a lot of grief, a lot of finality um, and a lot of very scary uncertainty about what the future looks like and how to hold that space you know like you said sometimes you can't do anything about it and you just have to figure out the new way forward so thank you for sharing that experience that very raw and emotional experience of of losing your sister i can't imagine how difficult that must be for you right now so thank you for sharing that and being part of this for me you know my lens of uncertainty it's it's similar to you Jen and that i've been dealing for the last several years i've been going through Um, major cycles of uncertainty myself. And in a funny way, the pandemic, it didn't affect me uh, in the same kind of way as a lot of people. In fact, when the pandemic came on, I was was oddly really relieved because my life at the beginning of 2020 was shaking and rumbling and kind of like crumbling at a rate I was having a hard time orienting myself to. And my daughter was really, really sick, my son, had a couple of very bad ski accidents like all of this happened within like a one and a half month period and and as my listeners know i was going through my own contemplation about my marriage and what was happening there and what that was going to mean so just holding lots of uncertainty and having that time when everything kind of shut down for me whew, was like a breather like that kind of took a little pressure off but certainly for me now kind of heading into 2022 a lot of the really hard uncertainty that I've been sitting with is clearing. So I, I don't have as much uncertainty in those areas of my life anymore. I know now what it looks like to be separated from my husband and we've done that in a loving and kind way. I know what my family looks like, how my children are, how we responded, how we've come through as a family. So for me, I'm in a, in a little different spot and what uncertainty looks like for me now is you know, what is next and what is coming because it's a very different picture than what I had anticipated and you know there's some excitement about that because I've kind of worked through the grief of that so for me uncertainty has a has a little bit of a positive charge so it's a little bit different that this uncertainty has kind of that awe feeling of wow what could come and what could be We wanted to start that way because we're all kind of sitting in different places with it. And we know that you, as the listeners, that you are as well. And so we just want to acknowledge that wherever you're sitting with uncertainty, this conversation applies to all of it. So we're kind of talking through our lenses, but you're going to experience this through your lens. And what we thought would be helpful is kind of as coaches, because each of us are coaches and how we look at uncertainty through kind of that more practice lens, you know, through the coach lens, through or even our own personal practice lens, you know, how do we view uncertainty, more of our philosophical, I guess, look at uncertainty and how we approach it. So that, that perspective, Jen, do you want to kick us off and talk about that? Sure. So
2: I think, you know, as you're talking, there are different, like you're saying, different places of uncertainty. And I think there are times when you know, we can lean into it and we can feel that awe and that expansiveness, you know, where I'm at right now and sort of the place where I'm coming from and the lens I would come from right now is when you're in a place of really intense uncertainty, where your whole world has just been turned upside down when absolutely nothing makes sense and nothing is going to be the way you thought it was. And, you know, everything is crumbling around you. I mean, for me, and I think for my clients too, it's really been a practice of surrender and just letting myself sit with how awful things are and know that that's my job, that my job right now is to, you know, tell myself the truth, to be with my feelings, to take good care of myself, to let people take care of me, to ask for what I need and to just cocoon up. And not try to fix it, which is something we are terrible at in our culture. And you can see it in the way that people respond to grief. People want to tell you all the things that will make you feel better. And, you know, the biggest gift that you can give people is just letting them be with their pain and accepting that pain is part of life. And I think we live in a culture that is constantly trying to feed us Um, the next thing, or here's the thing you can buy. Here's the thing you can buy for happiness. Here's the the trick or the secret that you don't know. And, you know, here's the 10 steps and I'm going to take you through it and then you're going to feel better. And what I found for myself, and this is true for my clients, we never do ourselves any favors by pretending ever, 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 ever. And the best thing that we can do is tell ourselves the truth. And so I think in a situation like this, where it can't be fixed telling myself the truth and just understanding that if I cocoon and I go into that space where I can take care of myself and I can be with my feelings and I can be with my truth and I'm in no hurry to um I don't know feel better or make life more quote-unquote normal that things will change and soften on, on their own accord and i felt that happening already so it's been a couple months for me and the first six weeks or so for me were just total non-functional devastation Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and I just let myself be in that place and I think with my clients like understanding that their job is not to avoid their pain that when we turn toward it And sometimes we need support to do that. You might need a a therapist or a coach or, you know, we need tools for that. We need journaling and, and meditation. And it's not something that we are conditioned or know how to do. But when we can find the tools or the skills or the space to turn toward that and to really just be with our pain, it will do what it needs to do. And there's actually nothing that we need to do except be present to it and be with ourselves. And when we tell the truth about where we are, we connect with other people you know, but that's how we find the people who are in the same place. And it's that human connection and that truth telling that I think is is healing. And that's the thing that will pull us along. So that's where I said, and when and when my clients can tell the truth, that's when things start to open up for them. Um, it's just saying those words out loud and connecting with another human who can hear them and witness them. That's when things start to, to shift.
0: Oh, I love that you, how you were just saying about, you don't have to do anything, that just by being with it, by telling the truth, by sitting with it, by just allowing it all to be what it is, that something kind of alchemical happens on its own inside of us. You know, it's like we're we're built to endure these things. We are built to process these things. We are built to move through these things and these experiences and We have the raw goods inside and sometimes we can access them ourselves. And sometimes they magic, not magically, but sometimes they, you know, alchemically, I guess, better way to say it, find their way up and start to do their work. Sometimes you need help to pull those things out. But I love that you pointed out the fact that it's, there's not anything out there that you're, that you necessarily need to go get to bring in to do this. You have it all. It's there. It's just the hard part of allowing it and surrendering and sitting to it. So really beautiful, Jen. Thank you so much for that. That's a a really great way to look at it. And Vryn, I know that you have, you know, ways that you look at it with your clients and with yourself. So how do you view uncertainty and what's your perspective for how to move through?
1: I really appreciated that point about looking inside and, um, yeah, I wanted to say that repeat that once more because I think sometimes we tend to think of doing as external as opposed to the internal and a lot of doing can actually be wrapped in processing and that's actually something that I've been really working on for myself first and foremost because that's something I've I've been really feeling and and I'm sure both of you or that work the same way of, I can't offer anything that I'm not practicing myself. Like the practice has to start with me. So that way I have an idea of what the landscape may look like for somebody else as well. And so part of that, part of that processing, part of what I've been noticing and observing with this lens of uncertainty, that's really kind of encompassing us or engulfing us, in these past few years, really, is that personally, I'll just, I'll speak from my own person. I always feel that's the most authentic place. That is often I have feelings and reactions towards my uncertainty that I'm not even aware of, and that I take whatever I'm feeling or whatever I'm reacting as, you know, Next step away from uncertainty, or like the layer above uncertainty, and think that is actually the issue. And so, for some of us, that may have been or is anger, disappointment, heartbreak, frustration, whatever it is. And we start to feel as though I need to do something about that, I have to fix that, as opposed to really having the space. And I think that's also been a challenge. And I think for many people that, that you know, as much of a blessing as it might be for, for some of being able to work from home, I think the lines have really been blurred in terms of being able to have space, have, create solitary space, have boundaries towards other incoming things that are asking for our attention, demanding our attention, and really being able to sit and to actually feel within the body. And that's been a lot of the work that I've been trying to practice and that I've been offering to my clients of doing this body work of what do emotions feel like in terms of sensation within you? And what has been astounding is that for most of us, we're actually so out of touch with our bodies. We're so (laughs) disembodied that We don't, I I see confused looks upon people's faces. Sometimes when I say sense, feel the sensations in your body and people are like, what does that mean? Like, I feel, I feel hurt. I feel scared. I'm like, that's a feeling, a sensation. Like let's get down to sensation. And I think that has actually been very powerful because as, um, and this really took me by surprise, but studies have shown that any emotion, anger, for example, if, allowed to be expressed in the body, it only takes 10 to 15 seconds for it to be fully expressed through the body. But if it's held within, and a lot of us repress some of these quote negative emotions, it can fester and actually cause so many of the mental um, diseases as well as behaviors that we're actually trying to prevent in the first place that we're not practiced in being able to actually use the container of the body to actually allow the emotions to be grounded through kind of like, I always think of this as like a lightning rod in the ground, right? Like the lightning comes, it hits the rod and it loses its ability to like destruct or hurt or anything because it's grounded. And similarly, any emotion is the same. And so really being able to take that almost that reactive energy reactive emotion allow that to ground has really brought more of an awareness that wow this is actually in response to uncertainty that this isn't the issue that there's uncertainty and from there to actually allow myself to feel what uncertainty is experienced within my own body it gives permission as Jen was mentioning before it gives like a a practical way of like let me feel this. And then what do I do with it? I feel it, that's what I do with it, right? Because, and, and sometimes we may be so lucky that there's something we can do about it, but most of the time what's needed is to really feel that. And that's really what I've been working on for myself and, and offering to others.
0: Yeah, and I saw Jen, we were both shaking our head like ferociously when you said that about like having the space that it takes space and it takes time to be able to sit so in much it. space. Yeah. We're not used to this. We were never really taught this. No, definitely not. Right? No, And just the, the entanglement of the emotions. I think people recognize like the entanglement, like if I'm, if I'm pissed off about something, you know, some, I think some emotionally aware people can realize, Oh, if I peel that apart, it might just be that might be that I'm hungry. It might that I didn't get enough sleep. It might be, you know, you kind of start to peel it apart and you're like, okay, well, I'm not really angry. I'm just all these 10 other things, but I had never really thought about emotions being entangled with sitting in uncertainty and just realizing, ah, that's what it is. It's the uncertainty. It's not necessarily all these things on top of it that are adding to the suffering of the situation You know, for me, I look at uncertainty and, you know, the show, you know, kind of the crux of this show is about uncertainty. It's kind of about that liminal space in between the now and the not yet. You know, when you are inhabiting kind of one period of time in your life and you're feeling this call or this pull to another period of time in your life, and that space in between that's really dark and confusing. And to me, uncertainty in times of big life shifts like that really invite us. They're an invitation into those liminal spaces, that suspension between the two. And that's why we feel so much tension there because you are suspended. It's like this pull between the two things. And you're not exactly sure which way it's going to go, which way you should go. And it feels frightening. And also, as I kind of have already shared, when you get a little bit through it, it can feel a little exhilarating. So it's kind of both sides of that fear coin of irrational fear, but also the awe-inspiring fear that kind of comes with that. But I think whether you walked into the space intentionally on your own because you're creating some kind of change in your life, or whether it's thrust upon you because a pandemic comes or a death comes or something comes and hits you that you would never want or ask for, in my view that is a calling for soul expansion. That is an opportunity for soul expansion. There's, there's depth to be carved out and ground to be uncovered to find something deeper within yourself that you never could have seen before without this experience. So to me, I, I definitely look at uncertainty like that. It's kind of digging in the ground, digging in that deep, dark place that, that we don't really like to go because we can't see and so that's not a comfortable place to be. But I also think, I don't know if it's the the time now for, for you know, the universe. I've heard a lot of people talk about this, you know, this is a time of great energy expansion and energy shifting and, you know, the whole cosmos and the all, everyone's enlightenment is going through something. I don't know if that's all true or not. I'm not so steeped in that kind of thinking, but um, I recently heard someone talking about the fact that we've thought about our lives in a very linear fashion, like almost like a timeline that everything follows in a natural progression. And it's this linear thing when actually it's really much more of a cyclical. It's more of a cycle that we go through and a spiraling and you know, you're know, you kind of spiraling, spiraling and it's a maybe slow ascent sometimes or maybe it's a little bit of a descent, but it's a spiral and not this linear way. And to me, I feel like these times of uncertainty are, it's the spot, in between. It's the spot where you are shifting from looking at your life in a linear fashion to experiencing your life in a more cyclical fashion. And it's that pull to the cyclical experience where we get disoriented. That's where uncertainty hits us. And I think that's what knocks us off our game. You know, I think that's where we get dizzy and we get thrown off And so, you know, I tend to look at uncertainty through that lens, that it's a time and a space where we are disoriented because our very orientation to our life experience is changing. And so that's a very challenging time. And so I think that I agree with you both about you have to sit with it. You have to kind of allow it to be, you have to give yourself space and kind of peel it apart to, uh, to let it do its thing. And there's really not a lot you can do to speed it up or slow it down. You just kind of have to be with it and let that sit there for a while. So that's kind of how I'm looking at that. I love that you brought up liminal space. And I know
1: you also love Richard Rohr. He actually speaks about liminal space is the only teachable space, which really left an impression on me of, wow, it's only when we're kind of and another example that has been given of, you know, if you're in the doorway or standing in between the doorway, it's like, you're just about to enter a new room. You're just leaving the room behind Suzanne Stabile, who's a wonderful Enneagram teacher. She challenges participants to do this, just stand there for five minutes. And you'll start to notice that you'll either start looking behind you and start thinking, I left a mess, or I forgot to take that. Or, you know, you start to like Think about everything behind you or else if you're fixed on like where you're about to go, you're starting to already think about what can I do there? I want to get there now. Like what's the next thing, but it's actually in that space in between there's so much there. If we can actually just calm down and just really get the most of what it has
2: to offer. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. I'd like to add there too, that I think sometimes we're trying too hard to find the lesson in the moment. So like these liminal spaces do have something to teach us. And I think that we can put pressure on ourselves to like, you know, it's that allowing too. like, I think before you can get to the lesson, you have to just let it feel terrible. Yeah. You know? And so I think, totally, I think it's, it's It's true. And I think sometimes we just want to skip to the part where like, well, what's the lesson? How am I going to be transformed? And it's like, well, you can't be transformed. You have to like be a puddle of mess first. Like, sorry, there's no other way. Yeah. And that's the part that we would prefer to just bypass.
1: Absolutely it's such a great point. It's true that we tend to think very dualistically. We either get the lesson or we don't get the lesson. We never think that sometimes it can take years to actually understand something and what we need to do is really be patient. And that is a quality that we most of us really need to develop. I'm raising my hand because that's when something can actually truly transform us because it goes in so deeply as opposed to just trying to grasp at something because I want it now. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up, Jen. And that's one of the things that Richard Rohr talks about too in the wisdom pattern. He talks about order, disorder, and reorder. And he says, people want to jump right over that disorder. They don't want to go there. They don't want to inhabit that space, but you have to, you cannot get to the reorder without going through the disorder. And the only way to go through the disorder is to be there. Before we move on, I wanted to drop a little note of nuance. I think it's important for us to clarify that as we're talking about uncertainty and the radical change and growth that it can bring, that we don't leave you with the impression that what we're saying is that bad or hard things happen to us on purpose or by some grand design to teach us something. What we're trying to convey is that through these hard experiences that we all have in life, that perhaps they offer an opening to personal growth and transformation. For anyone who's experiencing grief and suffering in their time of uncertainty, this nuance feels really important. I'm thinking back to the time around my father's passing and everything that came with it, which I talk about in episode 36, Grief as a Tool for Transformation. It was a powerfully transformative time in my life. And at the same time, if anyone were ever to have suggested that his struggle had to happen for my benefit, for me, it really would not have landed well. While I don't believe his passing happened for me, after all, that was his experience. His passing did happen to me and I allowed myself to be changed by it. So if you're sitting in a space of deep grief and suffering right now, we see you and we understand this nuance of things happening to us and not for us, is an important one to make. So how can we hold the tension of this space of uncertainty? Let's keep going to hear more. What do we do ourselves? What tools do we pull on when we're sitting in uncertainty and how do we come through that? So. Do you guys have any tools or tips or things that you have found to be particularly helpful to yourself or to your clients? Jen, do you want to start on this one?
2: Sure. So this is like a tough one because I don't think this is like a tools and tricks kind of space. I guess practices would be a word that I might use. So the first one, which I mentioned before, is just like telling the truth. So however that happens, like for me, whether it's for me, that happens a lot in writing or just, you know, connecting with other people. But, you know, even if you're, if I don't feel ready to tell the truth to other people, like what's the truth I need to tell myself. And I have really found that sharing that truth with other people when I know that they are ready to receive it without trying to fix it is so helpful. Like nothing has helped me heal more than connecting with other grievers who can talk to me just about how, terribly shitty this is, and there's no fixing it. So one is like telling the truth. The other is turning toward those emotions. And I do use the body a lot personally. So Ryan, when you were talking about that, it's so important personally for myself and with my clients. So how do we use our bodies to check in with those sensations, give us information and sit with those things. And just knowing that those are parts of us that are longing to be seen and to be heard. And if we don't see them, And we're not willing to hear them. Like they're not going to get quieter. They're just going to get louder. And there's something that happens when we turn towards them and let them be seen and let them be heard. That's pretty amazing. (laughs) And then the other piece that I would just, I'm all about cocooning up at, at a time like this, just, you don't need to do anything, but build your little blanket fort and take care of yourself and really trust the process, whether that's time or whether that's just trusting yourself, like whatever strengths and things that you have that are hidden and that don't feel available to you right now, they're still there and they're going to be uncovered and you're going to find them and they're going to carry you through, but you can't force it. And so just giving yourself all the space that you can to, to rest and reflect and feel your feelings and build your little blanket for it, I think is where I tend to land when we're going through really difficult uncertainty.
0: I love that. Build the blanket for it.
1: I'm for it. Bryn, what about you? Well, one of the things that I find to be helpful for myself, also with my clients, is to help them understand, and this is really where the Enneagram has been so powerful, the types of patterns that, depending on how we're built, the motivations that drive us, that we will react to uncertainty in different ways, and that is okay. So some people will like go after uncertainty and some people will avoid uncertainty and some people can stay in uncertainty. And and there's all kinds of permutations in between as well. And that all of that is okay. And to be able to come to a place of acceptance of this is how I work with uncertainty. And then from that place to see, is that serving me in this moment? And I think this tends to be so nuanced because sometimes one way in which we respond to uncertainty might be really helpful and needed for that time, place, and circumstance, but that can't always be the blanket way of dealing with anything. What to speak of using uncertainty as an example, and that how can I also see broader and recognize when something is actually serving me and when something isn't. And so that has been very powerful. And I think often, and I've been thinking about this a lot, having somebody to validate and to just see you is enough of even the way we respond to something, the way we respond to something is the way we're responding to our suffering. And so it's, yes, ultimately it may not be the best or it may be best, but we need to be seen and to be held in compassion and kindness because that is ultimately what gives us strength to perhaps choose another way if that's necessary. So that's been really powerful, really helpful. Again, can't bring up the body work enough. You know, I think you both do this as well. It's just so important. So necessary. It's such a great place to begin for anybody and then the other thing that I'll, I'll, I'll leave is to celebrate the times where we've been able to go through it. Mm-hmm. And I think that gets lost of really being able to celebrate for anything. And let's use uncertainty as an example. And so in the Sanskrit language, there's a word called samskara. And if anybody does yoga, you might have heard of it. And it, essentially it means impression. And sometimes, often actually, it's associated with negative impressions, but you can also have positive impressions. And so one of the things that I've been encouraging people to do, especially clients, is create an impression, create something when you have done something that makes you happy, makes you proud, you know, makes you feel like, wow, I was able to get through this and, you know, write a poem, write a couple of words out, you know somebody drew a painting which was really beautiful like sculpt something whatever something that acts as a memento that you can keep close by that helps to encourage you because we so desperately need that encouragement and if we don't have people we don't, we can't have people around us 24 hours a day to encourage us we have something as a physical representative to help remind us
0: oh I love that that's really helpful because it's true we we go through times of uncertainty all the time just like how you started off saying your day you had uncertainty in your day how am I going to get through this interview with the, the logistical challenge of where I'm sitting so even you could take a small little piece of uncertainty as something that you moved through and create that physical representation of how did I get through this and so you can use that as a touchstone such a great idea such a great idea and I love, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Enneagram. So I definitely found that that was something when I was in my own stage of uncertainty, because, because of just what you said, it helps you understand yourself. I, again, it's not, it's not going out. Like Jen said, it's not going out and finding the, the quick, exactly you know, the quick fix. Because there's nothing quick about the Enneagram. I mean, there's that's deep, good, rich, hard work. And, you know, you really can't figure it out just through that simple quiz. You kind of have to do your own work to really, really uh, discern what your type is. And so I found that to be a super helpful tool as well. So absolutely all those things, the rest and the making the blanket for it for sure. And the cocooning, like all of those things, such great practices, wonderful. For where I am with uncertainty right now and kind of feeling like I'm on that Other side of the really super hard part of the uncertainty. And now I'm heading into a a more exciting part of the uncertainty. For me, I have found, even in the hardest times, and now going forward in the more exciting times, is I lean on my core values a lot, a lot. I mean, doing that work for me was pretty transformational because it really gave me solid language, which, you know, we need. We're, we're, humans, we use language. That's how we process things. That's how we understand things. It gave me language for where I stand and what I stand for. And it helps me kind of put a litmus test to things about, do I want to go that direction or do I not? Is it aligned with my values? Is it not aligned with my values? So really identifying them was kind of one piece. Cause that was a little bit like uncovering myself again, And getting to know myself again, which is is really important in times of uncertainty. Get real honest, like Jen said, like just get super honest about what's real and not putting anybody's expectations on top. So I found that to just be helpful in and of itself doing that work, but then also leaning on them and really looking into, okay, you know, I have a definition for my growth value. It's to embrace change, it's to keep advancing and improving in knowledge and skills and character or life experiences. So when I'm running into an experience that I hate, you know, that I'm having a hard time going through, I just pull and lean back on that growth, right? I'm like, okay, this is a life experience that I am, you know, I've got to push my way through. So how am I going to lean on my, my growth thing you know, or my spirituality thing? Is, uh, you know, my definition of that is a mystical connection to things bigger than myself, which is that surrender piece. Okay, I'm going to trust that gut intuition I just got. I, I, you know, if it sounds silly, or it sounds crazy, which we've all kind of done where you have that gut feeling, but you're like, that's nuts. I can't do that. Or I can't say that. I lean on my spirituality value to say, nope, I'm going to trust that something bigger is brewing inside of me and telling me to vocalize this or to try this. And so I really do push on those. I, I lean on my values a ton. So for me, in these kind of whirling winds of uncertainty where we kind of get tossed about, for me, that's kind of an anchor point of, of getting through. That's where I land. So there are all sorts of good practices. I love, Jen, that you said practices because I agree with you. I think that it's, it's not about tips and tricks it's about a posture. It's about a practice. It's a way of being in this time. Now I know we want to wrap up the episode today. We have a very special, Vryn is going to do a very special meditation for us for a time of uncertainty and all of our emotions that go with that. And so we're going to take, what are we going to take like five or 10 minutes? We'll do 10 minutes. Tell us a little bit about the meditation.
1: So we're going to spend some time really getting into our bodies, being able to try to access whatever sensations come up and trying to just witness them with curiosity.
3: This meditation can be done really anywhere best is if you can find a quiet place to sit whether it be on the floor or if you feel more comfortable on a chair just taking a moment to bring the spine up tall keeping the hands either on the legs with your palms facing up or if you feel more comfortable by placing one palm in the other, closing the eyes softly. Before starting this meditation, just creating an intention to simply observe, to simply be curious. We're not trying to fix anything. We're simply allowing whatever that is there to show up and to bear witness to it. We'll start off by just grounding the body with a body scan. Doing this allows us to become more present within our bodies. And you can try, again with curiosity, to see if you can try to remain still as we bring our awareness to different parts of the body and if it isn't possible, no problem. Let's start off with the right foot, toes to heel. The right foot is still. To the left foot, the left foot is solid. To the entire right leg, from toes past the heel, the calf, the knee, the thigh, all the way up to the right hip girdle. The right leg is solid. And to the entire left leg, which is frozen. To the pelvic floor, the glutes and the lower back, the pelvic floor is cemented, to the entire spine, which is motionless, to the right hand, fingertips to wrist, the right hand is steady, into the left hand, which is immovable. To the entire right arm, fingertips past the wrist, the, cap, the elbow, the upper arm, all the way up to the right shoulder blade. The right arm is still And to the entire left arm, fingertips to left shoulder blade, which is solid. To the neck, which is motionless, and to the head, which is immovable. Bringing your awareness now to the entire body. The entire body is completely still, rooted, grounded, like a statue. As the body moves deeper and deeper into stillness, Let's bring our awareness to the breath at the entrance of the nostrils. Our minds are constantly either projecting into the future or going back into the past by linking the mind to the breath, which is in the present moment. We get greater access to what is happening here and now. And so I'd like you to simply become aware of the sensation of the breath here at the entrance of the nostrils. Should the urge arise to alter or change the breath, try to resist. sensitizing ourselves to the breath further still. See if you can notice the temperature fluctuation of the breath at the entrance of the nostrils. The incoming breath is slightly cooler. The outgoing breath warmed by your body's heat is slightly warmer. Noticing this temperature fluctuation now. Excellent. I'd like you now to bring your awareness into the body. Just allowing your awareness to float throughout the body, starting wherever you'd like, whether you'd like to go from head all the way down to the toes. Or just starting your exploration wherever your awareness takes you. our various emotions are actually energies. And the body is the container for these emotions to be expressed and grounded through. And so you may start to notice being drawn to particular areas in your body And with curiosity, I'd like you to just see if you can, not necessarily name the emotion, whether it be uncertainty, fear, sadness, excitement, hope. Rather, I'd like you to try to describe the sensation. Sensations are those experiences that can't be really thought about. That experience of heaviness or lightness, tingliness or numbness, heavy weight, heat, cold, hunger, thirst. Whatever you are experiencing now Focus on trying to describe the sensation you are experiencing in the body. You might notice, for example, your breath is shallower than you expected or that there is some discomfort you may have not noticed before. Or alternatively, you might notice a sense of ease. Whatever you feel and experience through sensation once you can describe and identify it, feel free to direct your breathing into that space. Excellent. Let's now bring our awareness back to the breath at the entrance of the nostrils, bringing our breathing back to normal. And let's slowly break the stillness in the body by gently moving the fingertips, the toes, the head, taking one last deep inhale here, exhale slowly and blink the eyes open.
1: Thank you so much for trying to stay curious, just noticing whatever was coming up for you And please feel free to go back, do this meditation over and over and over again, if you so desire, just because this practice of being able to get into our bodies can only serve us to become more grounded
0: and more present, which is what we all need. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Bryn. That was really lovely. And I will put a timestamp in the show notes. So that for people who are listening, if you just experienced that, or maybe you think you want to come back to it at another time, you can just look in the show notes and see what the time is that, that we're doing the meditation. Come back to it anytime you would like to. It is such a gift. Thank you so much for giving us that gift today. I felt like it just really does help ground. And it's just a nice way to start your day or to finish your day or just to take a break in your day if you're having a hard one. So that's a great practice. Thank you so very much for doing that. And I know that one of the things that we were trying to do when the three of us first got together was to figure out if there was a way that we could support our audiences with some experience. And so as we came through this podcast, you know, we decided to just ask you guys, if you are finding yourself in a season of uncertainty right now, we would really love to know what would be most supportive to you. And so we've created a really super fast, like less than a minute to take online survey so that you can let us know if there's more that we can offer that would be supportive to you in a time of uncertainty. I will link to that survey in the show notes and we will each link to it in our Instagram and in our newsletters. So if you are signed up for these lovely ladies' newsletters, I can't, I don't have a newsletter. so (laughs) It's not going to be in mine, but it's in the show notes. If you're already signed up for their newsletters, you will get that link. If you're not signed up for their newsletters, I would recommend that you do. Jen, tell us quickly where everyone can find you if they don't already know all about where to find you.
2: Yes, you can visit my website. It's www.jenoglesby.com. And I'm also on Instagram at jenoglesby.
0: Wonderful. And Vryn, how does everyone find you? you can feel free to
1: find me on Instagram at illuminate, I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A-T-E dot N-Y-C and the same, my website, www.illuminate.nyc.
0: Wonderful. And I will link to that in the show notes. I am so grateful to you both for being back and for taking this time to have this conversation and for certainly opening up and being so vulnerable in this time of uncertainty because it is hard. That is one of the hardest things when you're going through a time of uncertainty. It's just admitting that you're going through it and talking about it to anyone, anyone at all. So the fact that you both came on and talked about it today to whoever knows thousands of people that are listening, then uh, I certainly appreciate that so, so much. And it's always a pleasure to be with you guys. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having us on. It's always such a pleasure to speak with you, Becky, and such a rich conversation. So
2: thank you to folks, Jen and Becky. Yes, thank you. Happy to share this time with you and so grateful for your perspectives on uncertainty. Thank you. Thanks, Becky.
0: I would love to hear what you thought of today's show. Did you get something valuable from it? If you did, don't keep it a secret. Tell your friends and family. I want everyone to unleash their soul song because the world needs all our beautiful music. I'd also really appreciate if you subscribe to the show on iTunes, rate, and review. You may not realize it, but that's the best way to help other people find the show. I hope you'll come visit with me at theintuneexperience.com. While you're there, download your free workbook on uncovering and defining your core values so that you can take the next steps on your journey with confidence and clarity. I'd also love to hear from you on Instagram, at Unleash Your Soul Song. Listen, this world is busy. Our days are really full, and life is super distracting. We're pulled in so many different directions every day, and so I thank you for joining me here today. Have a great week.
3: You and me,
0: you and me. he and she, Next door neighbor, stranger down the street Form a chain, grab the clouds Cause we haven't even touched our highest ground No, we haven't even touched our highest ground No, we haven't even touched our highest ground Unleash Your Soul Song is recorded and edited in 426 Studios, the music production company that I co-own. For more information about our music and the songwriting experiences we offer for individuals and corporations, please visit dot 26com That's wwwv 426com